It's quite bubble wrapped, isn't it? How did you cope? It's not really... That was just what I was used to. And then you're now, you're saying you found that difficult. I'd just not been exposed to a certain type of person before. So I want to ask you a personal question, actually. Do you feel beautiful? It's my great pleasure and honour to introduce my next guest on my podcast, and that's Madison Sarah. You'll know Madison as she's one of the top models in the UK, and she's got a huge YouTube following. The interesting thing about this podcast that I actually found really powerful, and it touched me emotionally, was Madison shares her raw emotion and with uncompromising honesty, her journey from being slightly unkind to herself with beauty, maybe a slight perception disorder, to now how she can call herself beautiful. She talks about some of the unhealthy coping strategies she had when she wasn't potentially being kind to herself and how she now is able to call herself beautiful. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and just how Madison shares this really unique insight into the model industry, the pressures, and how she can now call herself beautiful. <laughs> okay, so nice to have you here. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Perfect. So look, I've, obviously we've known each other for years now. Years, and yeah. Yeah, I've seen your growth on social media. Um, your YouTube's just fantastic. I, I mean, we were just talking earlier on that. One of the things that I thought really comes across on YouTube is how authentic you are. Yeah. But tell me, what made you go into that kind of thing in your life and YouTube, social media, etc.? Do you know what? I've never thought, like growing up, I've never thought about what I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. never knew, like... My, all my friends knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to be hairdressers or chefs or wanted to go into law. And I could never answer that question. Really? And I always felt like a weirdo because I was like, who doesn't know what they want to do with their life? But I kind of went with what my best friend was doing at the time. So I went and did beauty at college. Okay. Sorry, I'm just giving you the whole backstory. No, perfect. Um, and then I started working at MAC and I thought, okay, so I'm into makeup. Maybe yeah. this is just where my life's gonna go maybe I'll be a makeup artist or something along them them lines um but I always watched YouTube growing up Mm -hmm. so that was like my hobby me and my best friend used to just sit in our rooms and pretend we was filming makeup tutorials really yeah okay so one day I just thought you know what I'm gonna start making YouTube videos Uh I did not think for one second that it would ever become a career choice. And it was so funny because I'd worked my way up in Mac Mm -hmm. and they'd basically offered me the highest position of a makeup artist. And it's a position that I'd been working towards. And I called my mom and I was like, oh my God, they've offered me this incredible job, like blah, blah, blah. And she was like, amazing. And I said, I'm not taking it, I've just quit. And she was like, what do you mean? Just quit? You've not got a job? And I was like, I've decided that I'm going to pursue my YouTube career. And she was like, Mads, you're literally crazy. <laughs> and now... Yeah, look, there we go. <laughs> so 300,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, we whether this is true or not, but your most watched video is Bella Hadid inspired makeup. 780,000 yes. views. Yes. So that kind of goes into the makeup. So you mentioned a little bit about how you grew up, school, Mm -hmm. mum. Talk to me about family. Okay, so I've had a little bit of a unique upbringing, I would say. Unique because I don't really know many people that have been brought up very religious Mm -hmm. in my generation, especially. Um, But I would say I grew up very bubble wrapped. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to go to church three times a week. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have any like I had school friends but I never saw my school friends outside of school because you Mm -hmm. wasn't really allowed to the only people you could associate really is with people of that religion so I feel like I did grow up very bubble wrapped me and my mom both went to church together my dad wasn't really involved in it but obviously supported us Mm -hmm. but never celebrated Christmas never celebrated birthdays Who didn't celebrate? You didn't celebrate? No. So I started celebrating birthdays when I came out of the religion when I was 21. Oh, wow. But that was the first birthday I'd ever celebrated. So birthdays for me were just like every other day. There was nothing special. It Uh was just... I mean, 
for as much as that sounds so depressing <laughs> that I just didn't celebrate anything, I feel like the way I've been brought up has given me a different insight into life that's made me how do I explain it? Just happier. Mm -hmm. So I would never give up that just to celebrate mm -hmm. a birthday or celebrate of Christmas. Um, but yeah, I got brought up a Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Um, so I was born into the religion. I got baptized when I was 16. Okay. And then I ended up leaving when I was 21. Okay. Um, which kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in my mum's mouth for a while. Did we it? Yeah, we weren't close for about a year and then... We just hashed it out. Did you? And now we're good. That must have been difficult because, I mean, obviously I know that you're close to your mum now. Yeah. And you were close to her growing up? Yeah, very. Everyone knew my mum. When everyone saw my mum, I'd be next to her. Really? Like, me and my mum were always, always, always really close. Mm -hmm. I think especially because I wasn't allowed to have friends after school like I wasn't yeah. I didn't really go out with anyone or I wasn't allowed to see any of my friends my mum was like my best friend so yeah. that is quite bubble wrapped isn't it very very how did you cope um it's not really I wouldn't say I coped because mm -hmm. there was nothing to cope with that was okay. just what I was used to yeah from, so you for you it was just normal it was just life. normal yeah. yeah I mean I'd probably say I started feeling it when I was about 15 uh. and my friends used to go and drink on a park or <laughs> and I was never allowed to do that so I'd probably say I started you never missed feeling, out there I'm just telling you right yeah, now yeah <laughs> absolutely um so I'd say I missed out on that but mm -hmm. I mean when you're older you realize why your parents don't allow you to do certain things. So I understand now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't say that I've ever felt like I went without or mm -hmm. I was missing out on anything. Yeah. So. yeah, I think that probably goes a little bit to your mindset as well. Yeah. You're quite a positive thinker, aren't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, perfect. So, but now I've seen you, you're in church now, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, and I've seen you, I see you post, is it audacious? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. Um, so I've always been religious, even okay. when I came out of being a Jehovah's Witness, I always believed in God, um, always believed in Jesus, always wanted a relationship with God, but the religion I was in just didn't feel right in my heart. And that's why I thought I'm going to go and find God myself. Yeah. And I did a lot of research. I read different books. I read the Quran mm -hmm. and decided that that was the church that I wanted to go to and now I have my own personal relationship with God rather mm -hmm. than someone telling me how to have a relationship with God if that mm -hmm. makes sense it does um but yeah go every Sunday okay I love it yeah yeah I've seen some of the videos they looks like it's rocking so it's very good <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about social media and YouTube how does that impact your life because it is a very unique career choice yes. and as you had a unique upbringing so yeah. we continue with that talking about it so like I said before I was brought up very bubble wrapped and I'd probably say the internet gave me a very very harsh reality mm -hmm. more than anything more than working at Mac more than leaving a religion and going into the real world I'd say being online was the one thing that made me go whoa mm. maybe the world isn't as kind and mm. as nice as I thought it was um so that's been quite difficult because being surrounded by my family and people that also were in a religion that you're in you kind of feel like you're in your own world a little bit mm -hmm. whereas now I was kind of exposed to all of these strangers that suddenly I I don't know weren't saying the nicest things all the time or I don't know <gasps> sorry it's okay sorry it's sorry okay. sorry yeah so so I, I get it so from an incredibly bubble wrapped childhood you've then gone into Mac aesthetics still with a degree of kind of security safety you're in yeah. a shop and then you're now um, on social media anyone can access you anyone can say anything about you and you're saying you found that difficult. Yeah, yeah, very. I think I'd just not been exposed to a certain type of person before. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously there's school bullies, mm -hmm. but 
they don't even compare to some messages, comments that I've got. I mean, What's happened? It's, it's not all bad. It's, okay. I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've gone straight in the deep end with the negative stuff, which mm. I don't usually like to do, but no. um, just comments about my looks, which I've never really faced before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously you get the odd comment in school, but yeah. nothing and no one else gets if that makes sense um but comments about my looks comments about what I'm doing literally just picking my whole life apart really yeah and I was like wait what like it can be some and I think they're they're hidden behind a veil somewhat aren't they yeah absolutely there's most of the people that leave these nasty comments are 99% of the time hiding behind a fake profile that's right like well Say it with your chest. Say it on your <laughs> yeah. main profile. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, it, it exposed me to a lot. Mm. I can imagine me. some of the things they said were quite degrading. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, I think what you're talking about is you've mentioned there's a positivity. You've got a career from social media. Yeah. But there's also a kind of toxicity to social media, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In, in what way do you think it's toxic? Um, I think in many ways. For example... <laughs> Someone will comment on your looks. Mm. If you then wanted to go and change that, for example, if someone says, oh, you've got a flat bum. Mm. And then you go, okay, I've had this comment. That's affected me. Mm. I'm now going to go and get a BBL. Mm. Then you get a BBL. Then that same person will comment, I can't believe you're promoting surgery. (laughs) And you're like, you can't win. Like I either embrace what I have and try and get other girls to do that Mm -hmm. and I'll still get hate or I decide actually this is what I want to go and do and then you still get hate because you're promoting the wrong things you you literally can't win and I think that's why it's toxic isn't it so so you're in this cycle where no matter what you do there's going to be negativity to it yeah exactly and that's where I've had to learn to kind of focus on my own opinion because everyone's always going to have their own opinion and I think I mean if I said now or if I knew back then even when I was 19 and I started YouTube that that's just what what you get for being a YouTuber or an Instagram model or whatever you want to call it if you if I knew that you would get that much hate I probably wouldn't have started ever I don't think my little heart could have taken it Mm. but you've just got to become so resilient and I think that's that's kind of what I'm proud of because now I've become so focused on my own opinion that this outside noise for as much as it does affect me sometimes Mm -hmm. nowhere near as much as it used to but yeah you've just got to build that you know it's interesting listening to you um because people talk about the pressure social media puts on them mm-hmm. and you've mentioned a few times so do you think do you think social media pressured you on your kind of body your image and stuff like that oh my gosh yes yes I've never in my entire life thought I've needed anything not because I've been so just wow I'm just so perfect <laughs> nothing to do with that I've just never really I've been focused on my looks. Mm. I've I've never been focused on that. My mum's always taught me it's what's on the inside that matters. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely, genuinely have always thought that. Mm. Even now, like still obviously think that. Um, but when you get these little comments and then you get more comments and then people are bringing up the same thing that someone else has brought up, you kind of think, okay, so do I need to go and get a BBL or do I need my boobs to be bigger Mm. or my waist to be smaller. I mean, throughout my social media career, I'd probably say my weight has like fluctuated and people will definitely tell me about it. Really? Oh, absolutely. People comment on your weight just freely? Apparently now I'm malnourished. Okay, okay. (laughs) But I've had points where, oh, she's not put down the pie, has she? And I'm like, right, great, (laughs) lovely. (laughs) So you can't win. Yeah, you can't win, but... Yeah, that's that's been. Do you feel the pressure? Um, not so much anymore. I think a lot of it is being a bit more grown up now and realizing that people are going to have their own opinions. But if I tell myself something, then 
yeah so that's that like you've managed to try and separate it all yeah absolutely um but yeah I, I definitely would say I still feel the pressure I, I try and be as honest and as authentic and open about everything that I do as possible mm-hmm. so when I come to see you I always vlog it because I feel like it's unfair for me to put this image out there and for people to think oh well I've not been born with mm-hmm. luscious lips <laughs> or do you know what I mean? So I try and stay in o- as open as possible, but that also then can be a bad thing because people are like, oh, so you're promoting yeah. filler to your younger audience. Mm. And I'm like, no, I'm just promoting what I want to do mm. and what I want to do in my body. I can do. Yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. So that's my direction. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. So I want to ask you a personal question, actually. Okay. Um, do you feel beautiful? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I have my down days a lot. Um, I think if you would have asked me this two years ago, I've just turned 25. We don't mention people's ages. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I was banned from mentioning ages. I want to say that right now. <laughs> mention it yourself. So I've just turned 25. If you asked me this when I was 23, I would have said, no, I okay. want this, this, that. I need to yeah. lose weight. I need to do this. I need to go and get a BBL, blah, blah, whatever. But now I think getting older, I think I have a beautiful soul Mm. and that to me shines. Mm. I think sometimes if I'm ever in a darker place, I've come to you and you've been like, your light's not here today. Mm. But my soul is what I think makes me beautiful. Mm. But I mean, on the outside, because we're talking about outward appearances at the minute. um, Yeah, I would. I would say I'm beautiful. And do you know what I think it is? I've had a lot of negative comments about my looks before and I've had a lot of positive comments. So I think it can confuse your brain a little bit because I'm like, you can kind of get body dysmorphia from that because I'm like, am I beautiful? Am I not? Am I Mm -hmm. fat? Am I thin? Am I like, what am I? Mm -hmm. But the minute you decide what you are, then you become that. So if I tell myself I'm beautiful, no one else can tell me otherwise because I've decided in my mind that I'm beautiful. Yeah. And that's that's where we're at. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think what you're talking about is a coping strategy mm-hmm. uh, to do with this stuff. So I'm going to take you two years ago, three years ago, if that's okay. So when, <gasps> oh, <the> perhaps, <laughs> <laughs> when perhaps um, you were at that point of still exploring. Mm-hmm. So, and you would have said, you know, I don't feel beautiful. Yeah. Talk to me about that. How was that? You know, we're talking about how you are now, but what happened then? How did you feel? How did you react? Um, so when I was 23, I had my teeth done. Mm-hmm. I had my boobs done. Mm-hmm. I had, I think, more than I'd like to admit done. I was even thinking about having liposuction. Mm-hmm. And that now, looking back, I'm not okay. Like, mm-hmm. that is so crazy. Um, but I just... One, let the comments get to me. I don't think I was doing a lot of internal work, which I think is huge. I don't think that's spoken about enough. I Mm -hmm. think women and men as well are so, can be so focused on their outward appearance because that's just what social media is. That's what Instagram's there for. You can't see someone's inside from an Instagram picture. Mm -hmm. And... I can't remember where I was going with that. So, I, you know, I think where you're going is, look, you had, you did a lot of things mm-hmm. at that age and the the negativity had got to you a little bit. Yeah. And you kind of were in the process of exploring internal, external, and yeah. you're still in that kind of tension. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think if you're, oh, I actually can't remember where I was going with that. That's really annoying. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so, you're, you, you've had all these procedures done. Mm-hmm. Did it make you feel better? No. Why? I think it's like I was saying earlier, I didn't think of myself as beautiful. So I just, 
I would get my teeth done and be like, okay, so what's next? Mm. I need this doing. And I think you just end up in this cycle of constantly wanting more and more and more. And then if you're constantly picking yourself apart, you're always going to find a flaw. I could, if you ask me to find flaws on myself now, I'll find them, Mm -hmm. but I've now accepted them. That's part of me. And I think they're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, because, you know, I see some of the people who follow you, they come and see me. And I think it'll be a big shock to them for them to think that even two years ago, you didn't feel beautiful. Mm. Um, because, you know, they you know they think you're amazing. They think there's no issues. And we all know everyone has issues in life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you've got, I can see you've had a lot of time just journeying through this and a lot of thought process. And I, I want to come to that. But just going back to that moment. So you're picking apart flaws. Mm-hmm they're playing on your mind you're trying to take action that you think is going to help but it's not do you Mm -hmm. think you had a bit of an issue back then um if you asked me at the time I'd probably say no Mm -hmm. but looking back probably Mm -hmm. yeah probably I think I suffered a lot with body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. I don't think I could really see myself when I was looking in the mirror I felt like I was looking at someone else and then picking that person apart yeah yeah the flaws as you said yeah yeah Yeah. do you think it was the comments that brought that out I think they played a big part um yeah I I do think they played a big part but I also think social media in general is the main culprit Mm. so just because I have a following doesn't mean it's any harder for me than it would be for someone with a thousand followers we all follow people that we think are beautiful on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I think scrolling and looking at these beautiful girls you then start comparing so I think yes having a following and getting these comments from random people was obviously difficult but I think the biggest part is just being on social media, period. Mm-hmm. I think it's I mean, difficult. I mean, one of the reasons us. I ask you this, because I know you've gone through a journey. I know, you know, the journey myself and how, you know, great it's been. We're all still on that journey. So you were at that moment, you were getting things um, done. It wasn't making you happy. How did you get to this point now where you can now say, I do find myself attractive. I am beautiful. Um. So therapy mm-hmm. was one thing that kind of sparked me to start thinking a little bit differently. I'd probably say that's the main thing. I just started thinking a little bit mm-hmm. differently. Um, I was, I got to a point, I think it was just as we was coming out of lockdown, actually, yeah. that I'd been so focused on how I looked. And for example, I wouldn't go out with my friends because I'd be so scared of eating out. Mm-hmm. That is so ridiculous. I, mm-hmm. I'd become this person where we'd go to a restaurant I'd pretend I'm not hungry because I don't want to like eat the things that they were eating Mm. um and I lost my personality and I was Mm. like this this is not me this Mm. is I've always been very bubbly I've always been nice to be around I don't want to like toot my own home but I always think I'm nice to be around (laughs) um and I just lost that I was just miserable I felt like I was in a cycle of just I want this doing and I want this doing and um I just got to a point where I was like I'm so bored mm. I'm, I'm so bored of bullying myself that yeah. yeah I started doing a lot of internal work I started journaling which was the best thing I could have ever done really? I think for me that putting my thoughts out on paper it just made me see my own thoughts and I saw how horrible I was to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as an overthinker, it just, I don't know, it kind of, once I saw it out, it, I could start picking apart reasons why I was picking myself apart, if that makes any sense. It does, it does. And I saw it and I was like, right, okay, so I need to start making changes on this. And honestly, like, I couldn't recommend enough working on your inner self for your outward self mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. That, that is the main part, part for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah I, I, the power of journaling can be so strong. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason of that is it puts you into the moment mm-hmm. and it sees yourself as a um, differently to just living on autopilot. So you mm-hmm. start reviewing things, you start deciding, mm-hmm. do I want to be like this? Do I not want to be like this? And so journaling can be a very powerful and I can, I can understand how that made quite a big change for you. So yeah. in that time or even other times, has there been positive role models, people that have inspired you, you know, things that have helped you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is so cliche, but my mom, yeah. my mom is, I was just talking about my mom earlier. She is, in my eyes, the best person in the world. She's never focused on anything else but being a good person and I like genuinely believe my mum's just perfect she is the nicest human and if I turn out like her all my good parts come from my mum if I turn out like her I'd be the happiest and that's one thing about my mum my I still believe that my mum is very bubble wrapped. Mm-hmm. I believe that she kind of lives in her own world. She <laughs> has no idea about what's actually going on. She's yeah. just happy-go-lucky, goes to church. And I kind of envy that sometimes because I think being exposed to social media, you're obviously exposed to hatred. You're exposed to negative people and... I don't know, just to be my mum and in her own little world would be nice. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I was saying something like this the other day, obviously not referring to your mother, but, <laughs> but um, I feel when you start getting some traction on whether it's social media or in the press, you, you become a bit of a tall poppy. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really... 100% happens to tall poppies is they get cut down yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I think when you start growing and you start getting that, then it's pretty much guaranteed, especially with how the UK is and how the social media and press are, that you're probably going to get cut down at one point. It's probably the cycle of a tall poppy. Yeah. And you rise again. But people, you know, aren't used to that. But I was actually thinking, if I could redo my life, I'd probably just focus on injecting and not on this through the social media, on the press. Yeah. Um, it's obviously had a nice effect on my company, but... I was quite naive. I was quite bubble wrapped. Yeah. You know, I wrote group in an Asian family and, yeah. and now I'm not. And I, I miss that if I'm honest. Yeah, of course. You know, you, you, you're exposed to certain things and certain people and certain aspects of life that, you know, actually it was probably better not to be exposed to. Yeah. I remember reading a book. I can't remember what book it is. I've just been trying to think and I can't remember the title of it. And it was basically about a man who had read about all these conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and his brain was obviously filled with all of these different ideas and they weren't always good ideas they were some of it was harsh reality Mm -hmm. some of it was politics is toxic like Mm -hmm. he'd been exposed to all of this because he'd researched it but there was a woman across the road who was putting out her washing singing gospels just believes in god believes in believes that he'll look after her yeah. and he was like I'd much rather be the lady across the road that is just blissfully unaware yeah and I was like yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> absolutely absolutely so um looking at the future and where you were well looking at you now yeah. and where you were if you could have one piece of advice to you at 16 yeah when you were built what would you say to yourself wow I'd say Okay, I'd say not everyone is going to know you like you know you. So don't allow other people's judgments of yourself to cloud your own judgment, if Mm. that makes any sense. It does. So your own opinion of yourself is what truly matters. And if you like you and you think you're a good person, then you're doing good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also think, and this is one thing that has been a recent epiphany, let's say... I don't think you have to be labeled as a certain thing forever. For example, I feel like I've been through many transformations, as we'll say, on YouTube. I've been makeup Madison. I've been engaged. I've been I've been through so many different stages and people fall off. So I've lost followers from certain things and I've gained followers from certain things. But I don't think the loss of the following should ever affect what you're doing or 
how much I'm trying to explain it better, but I think you're allowed to change. Yes. And if your following chooses to change with you, then great. And if they fall off, then yeah. Yeah, okay. I get it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Something that was important to you that you followed is now not important. It's exactly. more important to be yourself. Because I felt like I'd started doing all of these things like getting my teeth done, getting my boobs done. And now I was stuck in this category of people that were fake or, mm. yeah. you know what I mean? I and do. okay, I do want to work on my inner self now, but just because you've put me with this category of people mm. that are so obsessed with that how they look on the outside mm. doesn't mean i'm going to stay there yeah i'm absolutely. allowed to evolve and change as well yeah whether you want to change with me that's yeah to you yeah but you've also explained at that time that it wasn't a pursuit of fake it was a pursuit of trying to find some stability yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and i wouldn't call it fake yeah. i just know that's yeah. no but that I, that's how they layer yeah listen some people think anyone who has any treatment at all is fake, even to a facial where mm-hmm. actually it can be done in a self-loving way, self-care kind yeah, of way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that, you know, sparked our relationship was because you wanted something very natural, you know, yeah. that was the main thing for you, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then now looking to the future, any plans for Madison? Many, <laughs> many. I'm very excited. I feel like I've built my social media platform over the last five years Mm -hmm. and I have like you always say such a good cult following Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a family um I'm very proud of that little family (laughs) I am um so I definitely want to keep growing Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking I want to go into doing my own products now Mm -hmm. so that's probably what the next five years is going to look like yeah that'd be amazing wouldn't it Mm. Yeah. So tell me, you know, obviously I can see that there's probably stuff you can't talk about and stuff in formation, yes. <laughs> but, but, but what do you personally want to achieve? Again, a very cliche answer, yeah, okay. but I just want happiness. Mm. And if something's not bringing me happiness anymore, then I'm not going to do it. For example, Last year, I took a break on YouTube because it wasn't making me happy anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to do that. I know that everyone can't just go, oh, I'm taking a break from my job now. Mm. Um, But I took three months off YouTube and then fell back in love with it again. So as long as I'm happy, then that's all that matters to me. But I would definitely um, love to pursue some of my passions. For example, I love, I still love makeup. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to do something along them lines. I love fashion. So I can definitely see my own fashion line being a thing one day. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, the I think the one thing that I've also learned that I wanted to mention is I don't ever want to feel like I'm chasing happiness. Yeah. Because I feel like then you're missing out on so much. You're missing out on the journey. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how I've always felt. I've always been chasing looking better or I've been chasing happiness and I've not actually lived in the moment. I've not mm. realised, oh my God, I'm literally doing what 13-year-old Mads would be so proud of. Yes. This is everything I've worked for. So yeah, I don't want, I'm not saying happiness is in, I'm going to chase happiness. I'm saying, I just want to stay, yeah. stay yeah. happy. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I think happiness as a concept is such a, a an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everyone in life is pursuing this thing called happiness Mm -hmm. and the question is for how many people is it attainable yeah um for me uh, happiness um would have probably been to do with family to do with jobs to do with success but i realized that my happiness measures just constantly moved Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i was just never happy (laughs) yeah absolutely i I was ambitious yeah so you know i i actually flipped up a little bit and I actually thought happiness is this kind of thing, this pursuit that was almost impossible. And I then focused on contentment. Okay. You know, so living in the moment, as you said, Mm -hmm. I'm content with where I am. I'm accepting where I am. Mm -hmm. I still maybe have ambitions. I still maybe have purpose. Yeah. But, um, and and they are probably interchangeable, but um, are you happy, I think, is so fluctuating for me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, to, you know, have I had a nice coffee or not? But am I content can be something sustainable, something that mm-hmm. is, you know, just 
goes through even up and down times like I said we all go through up and down times yeah absolutely and I think happiness wouldn't be as sweet if it wasn't for the opposite emotion I completely agree with you and I think sadness is also very beautiful Mm -hmm. I think it means you're human and I think like I said it makes the happiness just that little bit more (laughs) (laughs) very good very good I can agree with you more I can agree with you more so um is there anything you'd want to say to people who follow you or watch you on YouTube? Something that you'd like to, even something that they don't know about you? Hmm. I mean, I'd like to say for my followers watching, thank you for being on the journey. Mm. <laughs> and I would say, hmm, give me a moment on that one. <laughs> what would I like to say? Is there something that people don't know about you or I know you're quite open you're authentic in your in your channel god do you know what I feel like that's one thing about me that I've had to learn not to do is overshare because <laughs> I feel like everyone imagine knows you overshare oh absolutely and I think there's some things that I can actually have for myself uh-huh. I've overshared absolutely. on everything in my life and I think because I've wanted to be so authentic and I have wanted to be open I've just gone this is my life this is everything that I'm doing this is every breakup that I've gone through and why I'm breaking up with this person and I'm like actually (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't need to (laughs) be I might have missed those episodes (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying not to overshare, but I genuinely feel like I have been so open that mm-hmm. there's nothing. All I will say, actually, because we've just spoke about it, is how do I explain this? Sorry. I wanted to bring up Sorry, my mind's just gone blank. Don't worry. How did you? What did you want to say? How did you want to say it? It was about transitioning from having all of these procedures. Yeah. Looking at myself and be like, "You're gross." Yeah. To you're not gross anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, I feel like that's been my biggest life lesson, anyway. Yeah, I, I think I, I I do think even as you watch a channel that body image journey has been so important to you yeah and it's one of those things depression used to be such a stigma yeah absolutely Um, and you know listen five six years ago no one would admit it no now it's quite commonplace yeah for me that you know i'm not a big fan of the term body dysmorphia actually because i actually think lots of people have perception issues i actually think every single person on earth yeah has slight perception issues with the way they look yeah it's just the way so. we're wired but some people like it's like some people feel low and then some people are depressed there's no judgment there and i think that transition from feeling a bit low with how i feel or picking a bit of the flaws mm-hmm. can become a bit more intense and a bit more intense till you find yourself in the position where you probably do have a slight perception disorder where you're overpicking flaws yeah no absolutely and i think just a huge amount of the population have it especially 16 17 18 oh yeah i think so many people have it and because no one talks about it and how they overcame it and how they cope with it yeah everyone thinks they're alone yeah no that makes so you know, much sense so that person who's who's going to the restaurant and then eating and then being sick feels alone feels shame um, the person who's not eating for a couple of days feels alone, feels shame. But the truth is, so many proportion of the population dealt with it at some point in their life. Yeah. And, you know, it medically, I talk about how you potentially overcome these perception issues with your body. And actually, as you've talked, you've pretty much gone through every coping strategy. Really? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. And so part of it is to bring yourself into the moment. Yeah. And try and find acceptance in the moment it doesn't mean you can push away the negative it doesn't mean you have to kind of overcome and stop thinking about it because I think focusing on the negative and trying to overcome the negative thoughts um ends up making you more stressed oh yeah absolutely I think just accepting it accepting the negative thoughts but actually trying not to kind of fuse with it Mm -hmm. you know so the, the example I often give is you've got these negative thoughts and they're like a 
a rose with thorn like you're beautiful you've got this look and there's positive things but then there's negative things that's thorn mm-hmm. and if you can hold both in context of there's good and there's potentially bad then that's okay but often what we do is we feel the bad and we start clenching onto the rose with the yeah. thorn and it hurts us but we can't stop clenching yeah <laughs> we can't yeah, stop so focusing true. on the flaws it's so true and you know what I found as well you really are your own worst critic because I'd say all these horrible things about myself but would never, ever in my entire life look at someone else and think that. Yeah, And pick it. them apart like that. Yeah, And that's one of the realisations I was like, I'm literally bullying myself. Yeah. I'm looking in the mirror and going, you're disgusting. Yeah, yeah. We're our own worst critics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so... I, I think acknowledging that and accepting that and then trying to work towards a more positive view, journaling would have helped with that. Yeah, You absolutely. know, just even like writing down and be able to look at it and go, look, I'm going to try and, you know, not engage with that mm-hmm. because it's not helpful for me. Mm-hmm. I'll try and engage with it. And then taking committed action, i.e. you've got people around you, friends, you start going out again, mm-hmm. you start eating when you go out, you start taking committed action to try and normalise and that will also help. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you, you know, it's a, it's a cycle as everything. And if you start um, focusing on the negative and you end in a negative cycle, but if you start focusing on the positive, you probably end in a positive cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're, I think the world is like a mirror to how you feel on the inside. Yeah, and I think so if true. you're being positive on the inside, then you're going to live a positive life. If you're constantly thinking negative, mm. negatively of yourself, negatively of your situation, negatively mm. of life, I feel like life is going to treat you negatively. Mm. It's funny. So I, I, I agree with you in the fact that I know a lot of your, the people that watch your YouTube have come to me, seen me and, um, I've always think you inspired them, but one of the things I'd most like them to get out of this is that you struggled. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think yes. people people don't think everyone struggles. No. But everyone struggles. I struggle, you struggle, we all struggle. Yeah. And we're all in this together and shame can isolate us. Oh, absolutely. But there's no need. We can no. be honest, we can talk, we can overcome together no one's alone no one's doing something that no one else is doing you know no one's in a hole that no one else hasn't been in and got out yeah and that's so, so true trying to help getting out together realize people are not alone and you can get out of mm-hmm. you know whether it's uh, a cycle of plastic surgery whether it's a cycle of body image issues whether it's something else yeah you know there's ways to get out of it yeah absolutely and i think the word shame has literally hit the nail on the head because I was saying before how open and authentic I've been on YouTube, but there's not a cut in hell's chance I would have ever gone, I feel like I need to go and get this done because I feel disgusting or Mm. I feel flat chested or Mm. I'd never say that because of the shame. Mm. And I never wanted anyone else to know that that's how I thought of myself. So that's why I never said anything. Mm. But then again, that's how everyone feels. That's why people don't speak to their friends about it. Mm. People don't talk about it because they feel ashamed that they yeah. think like that. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the more we promote the discussion, the more we talk about how to cope, we kind of bring that shame to the surface. And when it happens, shame and the light goes away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it can't exist because actually in the end, normally what you get is acceptance. Yeah. And you find the people you need to be around that can help you encourage you through things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you speak to anyone of the older generation, they will have gone through it as well. Even when social media wasn't a thing, my mum has struggled with anorexia in the past Mm. and we've spoken about it and I've gone, never knew that because you won't think it now. Like, not... I think most people have gone through things. yeah, Yeah, yeah. But I think talking about it, like you said, just makes you feel so much more a part of something and less alone yeah absolutely absolutely for me I, I, I think ultimately I, 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 what I really wanted to get out is like I just I know the people that follow you yeah mm-hmm. they love you yeah, yeah they, they care for you I know you care for them and you know they think you're perfect and it's not helpful for their mentality no because you know, no one's Is perfect. That really the impression you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just go, "I wish I, I, I wish I looked like her." I wish Stop. I, yeah, I know. And um, you know, part of you know how I am, I kind of say to them, "Look, you know, 
everyone has issues no yeah. one is saying but you know the whole point is to be the best version of yourself and it's kind of what you alluded to if the social media pressures of looking at someone trying to be that it's impossible yeah but you can be the best version of you yeah and I think it'll be quite inspiring to people to realize you know that you've had times where you've overpicked your flaws mm-hmm. you know you've had times where you've struggled and felt down you know and I know you kind of talk about your breakups and things like that but I think on a beauty side people just think you know yeah. you're amazing and you're perfect and I wish I looked like you and you know I know that you probably think about other people and the cycle just never ends whereas you've now got to a point where actually I am beautiful and that's not in an arrogant way that's just in a personal way of inside which has then led to me accepting my outside and being happy with my outside yeah and that's where I define my beauty which is probably the most healthy space mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of work to get there I think yeah you no, know it does. and it fluctuates you know that's oh, the truth yeah oh my god sometimes I wake up and go right I'm not eating today and I'm like right I've already worked on this yeah stop it and we'll talk about your mum is there any any other positive role models you know what it's so weird because I used to say my auntie Mm. because she was this businesswoman she'd come from nothing and made this like incredible business for herself is now a multi-millionaire and I always thought of her as my role model Mm. and now not so much (laughs) because even though she's got all of this money Mm. All she does now is worry about money. Yeah. She's not happy. Yeah. She's never been happy. And I'm like, she's someone who I would say has like chased happiness. Yeah. Or is constantly trying to chase Chase happiness. My mum's just happy. Yeah. She's not got all the money in the world. She's comfortable. Mm -hmm. She's, but she's just happy. Yeah. I get it. And that's why my mum's my role model. But yeah, yeah I, I, I can't really think of anyone because my mum's just like... <sighs> just, just, I was going to put me, but no. It's <laughs> <laughs> awkward. Oh, it's, it's, it's awkward. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I actually can't think of... That's so weird. Obviously, I have people like in the industry that yeah. I look up to. Yeah, you got friends and... Talk to me a little bit more about kind of the the bad stuff on social the toxicity of social more than just the comments the that the viewing the you know trying to be people things yeah. like that I'd say I've never compared myself to anyone I'm quite proud of that uh-huh. I don't think I think a lot of that is growing up an only child I don't know whether it is or not but I've just never had to compare to my siblings because I didn't have any. So Mm. I've never really been someone that's gone, this person's getting more views than me. I've always just kind of stayed in my own lane. Mm. But then I've, the only person I've ever competed with is myself. Mm -hmm. And YouTube has this thing where it will tell you on a scale of one to 10, how well your video's doing. So the last one was on a three. I was like, great, that's good. (laughs) That's good. So it's third in the ranking. But if you're getting a nine... I'm like, I'm deleting it. Like, oh, really? I've spent hours and days trying to film this video and YouTube is telling me it's bad. Oh, God. So I think that can be harsh sometimes mm. because you've put all of your effort into something. You think you've posted this great video and the public essentially is like your boss <laughs> because they're going to tell you whether your What's work good is or good or not. Oh, and it's not someone saying this is a good video or this mm. is a bad video. Sometimes by it just not getting a lot of likes or mm. not getting a lot of views, it's not a great video. Yeah. And that can sometimes be like, oh. Mess with your head a little bit. Nice. Yeah. yeah, great. I'm really inspired by your honesty on the kind of body image and social stuff and just the journey in general yeah. you know and I look forward to seeing um, more of kind of the products and potentially lines or makeup or whatever it may be where you put yourself to I understand you've done five years of social and you're really proud of that and then something else to come and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to to that and thank you know we'll all watch this space see what's happening but well, thanks so much for coming on and being so honest thank you for having me of course mm-hmm. of course So I hope you enjoyed the podcast like I did. I just thought it was so fascinating how honest Madison was. And one of the things I noticed is she shared what the mirror was saying to her. And the really interesting thing about the mirror and what the mirror says to us is it's personal. Sometimes our family don't know. Sometimes our partners don't even know. 
what the mirror is really saying. And she talked about times that potentially it was a bit negative what the mirror is saying and how she took negative behaviors. And we talked about how to make it positive. But it's important that when we get into that place where it's slightly negative, we know what to do. I just want to comment on some negative thoughts that can happen with the mirror so we can call them out and we can be careful of them. Number one, you can get a toxic focus on a small thing, an imperfection, even a flaw, a perceived flaw, that's not a flaw. So we need to understand that can happen. Number two, we can have false beliefs. We can look at our body and we can overjudge it, be unkind and create false beliefs that just are not true. And that can lead to intrusive thoughts, thoughts that dominate our thinking about how we are, how we feel about our bodies. And this can be really unhelpful and can lead to negative actions that are self-sabotaging. So we have to be careful that can happen and we can also suffer in secret. So these are things that can happen that we need to be mindful of and need to be make sure that if that's happening, we acknowledge it and we can move forward. So how do we deal with it? The first way to deal with it is we have to reframe what's going on. So we understand there may be some negative thought patterns, some negative behaviors, and we're looking to reframe that thinking. Maybe we're not being very kind to our body. Maybe we're being too hard on ourselves. And we need to think about how do we move that to positivity? Acknowledge where we are, acknowledge that we're gonna move forward. The second one is refocus. Let's refocus our attention. I'm gonna give you an example, social media. Are you using social media to look at potential images of others that are probably edited and being hard on yourself? Comparison in a negative way. If that's the case, take some time off social media, take your time to spend it on positive things rather than things that are judgmental, rather than things that are negative. The third thing is reorder or realign. When we reorder and realign, we can look at potentially getting help. If you feel you may have body dysmorphic disorder, a perception disorder, you can go see your GP, you can go see your psychologist. Many people aren't aware, it's one to 2% of the population that have body dysmorphic disorder in the adult world. That's a lot of people, you're not alone. There's lots of help out there, there's lots of resource. So uh, one of the ways of realigning is getting the help you need and trying to refocus yourself on the positivity and reframing your thinking. You know, everyone's here to help, so don't worry, you're not alone and you are enough. And if anyone can do this, you can. So until next time, um, stay well and I'll see, I'll see you soon.